Ah, you thought you'd lost us. We are back with another episode of the Scotty Football Podcast. Lots to talk about, including St. Johnson and their amazing run in the Scottish Cups. Uh, wonderful to see that all of the companies who have been surviving through the surviving period are going to be there for Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen and Hibs. And there's another survivor, Anthony Maguire. He's here. More stories. Richard, how are you, mate? Um, I'm back, and uh, we're back, and uh, we, we had a great time on uh, on summer holidays or winter holidays, as the case may be. I, I believe you had a wee trip to to uh, Wellington. I had a wee trip to the Brossa Valley in South Australia, but um, unfortunately, you're in lockdown. Most of the country's in lockdown. COVID's back, but so is the football. So, not that bad. Aye. Good times. I think the Wellington trip, I may have made some press in certain parts of the world, but I will not labour that point too long. <laughs> we got to see some football last night, really good quality football actually, and Ange Postacoglu. I've never had a busier phone than when the Celtic signing for Ange Postacoglu as coach. So we all know what his pedigree is in this country. Tell me what you know and I'll tell you what I know. Well, Big Ange sort of fell out of the picture after Eddie Howe, um, how shall we delicately put it, um, crapped his pants and decided no to jump into the fishbowl, which is Scottish, Scottish football. So all of a sudden, all attention turned to this big Greek-Australian coach called Big Ange. And obviously everyone in Australia knows who Ange Postecoglou is. Um, very successful, both at a domestic level with the Brisbane Roar and Melbourne Victory, I believe. And then went on to uh, coach Australia to a World Cup and then pulled the pin just as they're about to go to uh, Brazil for the next World Cup and took up a position in Japan. And it was always he was always very clear that one day he wanted to coach in Europe. Had a brief spell in Greece. But He's um he's an honest big bloke. Um, he typifies the Australian sort of hardworking, straight talking, no nonsense. Um, can still have a laugh, but you know he's a serious bloke. Uh, he's take he's taken on the media here more more than one occasion. So when he when he was in the frame for the Celtic job, I really as a Celtic supporter, I really really wanted it to happen because I think he deserved his chance, and I think he can do great things and. I just like the fact that there's no BS with Ange. Like, you know, Neil Lennon last season was just like, there was just something. But, you know, I, I just think he's, um, yeah, I, I really hope he does well. Richard? I think that's the entertaining thing about him is that um, he does not take any nonsense. And uh, lovely seeing the kind of press conference in the last kind of couple of days where even Callum McGregor was laughing at the fact that, um, He'd been asked, would he get any kind of wild card players in? And uh, would that be a kind of squeak at the last minute? And 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 Ange had suggested that that would be an absolute miracle, mate. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out and, and, and how that all kind of rubs over Glasgow. Uh, lovely to see that Rangers have got a really big fixture on Saturday against Brighton. And then they've got another game on Sunday against a, a team from Spain. Uh, have you heard anything about that? Real Madrid? Who are they? Um, I, 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 a, good, I, a good Spanish team, apparently. I, I, 
I, I don't know. Um, uh, Rangers um, not making massive waves in the transfer market, it has to be said. A couple of free transfers they've picked up, but uh, really just uh, going about their business quite quietly. Um, good 2-0 draw with Arsenal. They were 1-0 up and 2-1 up. Uh, ended up 2-0 there at Ibrox on Saturday night. Um a 1-0 loss to Tranmere away. Their the game against Blackpool has been cancelled due to COVID because apparently London and the greater southern suburbs of England are hooching again um, after Freedom Day. Don't know if we started. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, they're just, uh, yeah, Rangers are just ticking over. Um, yeah, they've, they've got their uh, uh, Champions League match coming up in August, early August, but they're just purring along. Um, and I think you know it's 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 their title to lose the season. It has to be said. I mean, Celtic. So let's talk about St. Johnson though. Um, they did very well and uh, have won the two major cups that were not the league title. And everyone kind of kind of glosses over it, but they were a decent team and and won more games than they lost last season. Albeit that they were kind of bottom of the top six. I was actually really loved the fact that they were in and they were competing and that they were actually dividing in a way that nobody's done for such a long time. And people view them as a Diddy team. So Stevie May et al, what a lovely story. They're going to be in Europe. How are they going to go? Well, see, he's managed to hold on to all of his teams so far. The only one that's not re-signed is Guy Melamed, um, who's currently looking for a club. He's not ruled out a return to Scotland, but he's not going to go back to, to St. Johnson. Obviously, they put him in the shop window, but he's not picked up a club yet. Um, obviously, uh, Callum Davidson's going to be fighting off interest for some of his players, particularly his back line, because that was pretty much where the success, a lot of the success came from, was that solid structure. I know... Um, Sean Rooney, um, he um, he's he's had some interest, but as far as 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 we don't air, uh, they've still got the team in place. So I'd actually expect St Johnson to go all right in Europe because they've got a structure, they've got a team that's settled. Aberdeen, they've got um, Hakian, I don't know if I pronounce that rightly, from uh, from Sweden uh, on Friday morning Perth time, and they're going to be up against it because new manager Scott Brown, new captain. Uh, New squads, a lot of new players. So he's Darren Glass has got his work cut out for him to sort of get that squad. They've only played two friendlies, so I'm a bit more worried about Aberdeen than I am about Hibbs and St. and St. Johnson because I think those two squads are much more settled. Um, and obviously, go back to Celtic last night. Um, we may as well talk about their game against F- FC Michelin. Um, oh, well done! I really enjoyed that pronunciation. Oh, well done. Yes. Thank you. I've been working on that one all day. I've been working on it all week, actually. Um, not one you want to type into a text message, put it that way. Anyway, um, you know, the, the fear on Celtic fans, I, mean, I was listening to quite a bit of Celtic fan media all leading up to this game, and it was like half time in this game, we're going to know what sort of season we're going to have and and, and how, how bad it's going to be, and are we going to be 3 0 down, and is this going to be like what it's going to be like all season and the rest of it? And and I, a lot of fear around the fact that Ange had pretty much played academy players pretty much for every one of his friendlies. So he never really put a full-strength team out at any point through the all the warm-up matches. So last night, he turned to tried and tested. He had near beat on at centre-half. I'll come back to him in a minute. Uh, Eddie up front. And then you had Ryan Christie on the on the left, um, who you know hasn't featured in any of the friendlies at all, really. 
Um, and then he, he managed to get Soro Turnbull and and man of the match, uh, Cal McGregor, who's also the Celtic captain for this season. Congratulations. Yeah, but they're all kind of returning to the game. I think that's the thing about it is that they all played in the Euro Championships and they have not had much of a time off. And so it's good that they were actually involved. But hi. I'm not surprised that, that um, Celtic struggled. I'm not surprised that the Danish team were quite good. And I'm not surprised that it's a, an even easy-peasy kind of outcome. Look, I, I don't think FC Michelin are the team they were 12 months ago either. So I think it was two teams that are both sort of struggling slash rebuilding slash, you know, no, not at their best. And I think the game last night re- reflected that, one at one each. Both had a player sent off near Beton. I don't know what he was thinking or whether it was part of his head injury, and that's what made him do that. You know, you don't, you just don't lift your hands. You give the referee a decision to make. The referee made that decision, sent him off. Equally, the decision to send off the FC Michelin player for diving uh, also, you know, so yeah, big couple of big calls there. Um, that was very brave, actually. I think that hmm. um, I, I was going to say that that Neymar, who we talk about on this podcast on a regular you know, well, intermittently regular basis. Neymar would have got sent off for that. Oh, look, I, I, I'll, I'll come back to that a bit later. So I watched the Copa America final between Brazil and Argentina, and he's he's still at it. And the Argentinians were just <laughs> jumping into him. It was there was no love lost. There was no love lost in that final. Put it, put it that way. Um, so yeah, so I mean, Celtic won each all to play for. There's no away goals anymore in Europe, so it's a it's a clean slate going over to to Denmark uh, next week. So we will see what happens. But I think the important takeaways were Abada scored a good goal, look, looks a player, and Celtic will get stronger. The, the signings are starting to come in; they're all in isolation at the moment, so they're, they're, they're coming. They will get better. The biggest problem Celtic has is hitting the ground running at the start of the league campaign because if they let Rangers get away to a head start, uh, same as last season, then it's going to be very, very, very difficult to catch that. So they really need to start the season at time. So you're suggesting that St. Johnson and uh, Dundee United might not be in the mix then this year? Not in the league, no. I mean, the cup competitions are definitely always there because at the end of the day, it's a one-off. Anything can happen. And obviously last season we saw something quite remarkable with St. Johnston winning a double. And, you know, it's one of these things that will go down in history. And you have to feel for St. Johnston fans no being allowed to be in for those two yeah. events. I mean, yeah. that will be, be a quiz question 20, 30 years from now, without Ooh. a doubt, you know trivia challenge uh hearts are looking quite interesting already early in the season um they have stepped up big time in the the, the league cup tournaments um Arbroath, dundee all catching eyes um kelty hearts have uh, a couple of uh, big 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 uh, results uh, hamilton Ackies against their united caught my eye last night they beat ham uh, they beat air one nil uh, sorry, other way around. Air United beat Hamilton one 0 um, and that's always been a bit of a challenge. I think early in the season that there's good things going on, but Ross County, um, who and and we spoke about this earlier in the week offline, uh, the kind of financial challenge for the clubs. Ross County. Uh, doing extremely well as a community club, absolutely involving people, making sure that things are going well as best as they can, um, spending way above their weight by, and, and well supported by the businesses in their community. 
Um, but having to really not play any football because COVID had washed through their squad. Yeah, I mean, I think the important takeaway is that COVID hasn't hasn't gone from the world. People are starting to get vaccinated. Thankfully, the UK and the USA have they've they've gotten their act together and and, and getting vast majority of the population vaccinated. But as seen in parts of England at the moment, um, it's not going away, and it can still infect people under the age of eighteen who haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, it can still infect people who are vaccinated. It just means that the likelihood of ending up in hospital or dying from this terrible disease is, is obviously greatly, um, greatly diminished. Um, but yeah, it's not gone from football this season. The the push and the clamour to get full stadiums back into Scottish football is is obviously gathering momentum based on what's going down in England. But I just can't see it getting back to full capacity the rest of this year i think it will still be quite staged and there'll need to be demonstrations that um smaller crowds can effectively enter and leave the, the football stadiums without spreading uh covid and well rangers are talking about having a full crowd for their flag uh, in early august i mean i i, I mean I, I i absolutely understand why you would want to do that as a fan but in terms of the sensibility of that and, and, and the way that the whole kind of thing's unravelling, does that make any sense? Well, Rangers or Celtic for that matter can want a full stadium if they want, but it's up to the JRG and the Scottish government to decide what the capacity is. And I can tell you the way things are going, I can't see it. And I'm not being pessimistic. I just think that they'll need to settle for the ten to 15,000 mark and like, and that's for um, Celtic and Rangers because they've obviously got fifty five to sixty thousand capacity stadiums, yeah, and then I, I saw I hear the outrage of, of of fans going, well, you know, there was this many in this stadium, and it's only this capacity, and then Celtic only gets this much because it's they've got three times the capacity, so therefore they should get three times as many supporters in. But it's all to do with airflow and. Um, pedestrian flow through the stadium so if you've got narrow little spots where people have to go through that's what determines how many people you can actually get in your stadium and i think that gets lost on quite the the average football fan particularly on twitter but um <laughs> probably I'm amazed, you, I'm amazed you know anything about that that, that is absolutely brilliant with like the kind of geophysics of a uh, kind of uh, football stadia but but um like rangers versus real madrid i actually think that's a big kind of thing for the toilets at, at ibrook stadium to be honest because i think that's going to be a bit of a challenge uh, team gb uh, the Olympics have got going in Tokyo and uh, Team GB with a couple of Scottish players, it may be said. Um, good old Caroline. 2-0 against Chile. They've beaten them. Um, and that's the first game of that particular campaign. And the USA with Megan Rapinoe. Uh, they've been beaten by Sweden. So very entertaining. And I speak again from the Sydney end where they're rebuilding Stadia on the back of the 2023 World Cup. Don't remember, uh, don't forget that the Scottish, uh, the Scottish and the Scozies, we're going to be here and we will be your hosts for that particular um, that particular event in 2023. Well, uh, yeah, I was just trying to say, Richard, breaking news, well, breaking news today anyway, is that uh, Brisbane has been announced the um, Olympic city for 2032. So the Olympics is, is coming to Australia uh, in the... Near future. 
Poor Milby, 75 years old. So tell me about Lee Griffiths. Oh. Um, so obviously uh, Lee Griffiths uh, was investigated by the Scottish police uh, based on some social media activity that involved sending a camera emoji to um, not one but two underage uh, girls believed to be about 15 years old. Um, the police determined that there was no criminality involved and have dismissed or well, said the investigation is closed. So the the sort of growing consensus among Celtic fans is that this happened obviously a week after Lee had signed a, a contract renewal for one season that um, you know he should be punted out of the club as, as quickly as possible sort of thing. Obviously let um, justice run its natural course but then have his contract torn up and I must admit I fall into that camp myself but I guess the bigger picture here for Ange and for Celtic is that their squad is in such tatters at the moment that they're going to hold on to him because they basically don't have enough bodies in their squad which on one hand or there's two things here one is that that just shows you the level of mismanagement that Celtic can get themselves in such a state that they're having to basically welcome Lee Griffiths back after he's missed yet another preseason camp. I guess it's like the fourth in four years. So, you know, you wonder why he breaks down with hamstring injuries halfway through a season. And the second thing is that it just shows the mentality of the man. The guy clearly is just, he's, he's just, there's something not right in his head. He's done this, he's, he's got a history of this. He did it about 10 years ago as well. He's obviously got several children to several different partners. Um, so, you know, there's, there's too many distractions and, yeah, I just I I don't really want someone like that around my football club, but that's that's my personal view. So just remember that Rangers have a goalkeeper who's nicknamed Shagger. Um, in that light, I am really interested in some of the stuff that you sent me this week about the finances in Scottish football and how people have coped. Um, where do you think this is all going? Because the operating losses for the big clubs are enormous. Um, they've been buffered to an extent by where their European conditions and European campaigns have gone. But that might not be the way of the coming seasons. Who do you see as most vulnerable? Well, it's, uh, there was some very interesting stuff that came up a couple of days ago on Twitter and I've sort of tried to sift through it. And I'm still trying to get my head around some of it. The issue is that basically this was for season 2019-2020. Uh, so this is actually like a year a year ago. So this was just at the start of um, the pandemic. So basically the last three months, basically uh, March, April, May, which was the conclusion of that season was obviously cut short. So there was obviously decreases in match day revenue, obviously affecting Celtic and Rangers the most because obviously they have the bigger bigger attendances um and it was it, you know I think rangers that year was a 17 and a half million pound deficit uh and then celtic only ended up with a half a million pounds in the red but that was buffered by the fact that they sold kieran tierney for was it 20 24 million pounds something off the top of my head it was something in that sort of bracket so had they not yeah, sold... roughly the same value as you and i so i think it's yeah, oh like 24 yes, million yes. yeah if yeah. you um if you take that out then you know it clearly shows that celtic's model isn't sustainable just by 
you know, the way it operates, it re- either requires Champions League level funding or it requires the sale of one or two marquee players to keep the wheels going on the wages bill. Because Celtic's wage bill is the highest in the league, which everyone knows. Rangers has caught up, so the, the, the gap between the two is a lot less. Um, and then after that, there's a massive gulf. And then after that, it's Aberdeen. But you're talking something in the realm of like £50 million difference. It's like, it's insane the amount of difference. So I guess we can talk about at some point how these things are structured. I mean, the fact that Rangers are playing Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid will have to be paid a match fee. Um, Rangers will have been in the knowledge that they were paying Real Madrid a match fee, but also uh, looking at what they were able to generate by way of match day sales, online sales, the fact that they've got a bit of revenue from the the winning position of, of, of last season. And, and and I think that's the really hard thing for the kind of marketing guys is that the TV deal in Scotland is, is, is poorer than Poland and Belgium. So does that mean that our product is poorer than Poland and Belgium? I can't remember watching either of those leagues. But then people in those countries might say, well, why would I watch anything in those leagues in Scotland? Issues at play there, Richard. I think one is that we don't sell, the league doesn't get sold terribly well. The, the league rights, at the start of last season, there was no U.S., distributor or you know there was nobody in the u.s showing scottish football right so if you if you're uh if you're the bureaucrats or the the people who work in the spfl surely there's got to be someone there whose job is to get deals done in all the major markets across the world because football is a global global thing it's not just scotland it's not just the uk it's it's global and now that celtic signs um japanese Superstar Kyogo Furushima, might not that went well. Close, that yeah, went well. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an, that's a potential market for Celtics. So you'd want, you'd think that the SPFL would be thinking, oh, hey, have we got, have we got somebody distributing the SPFL in Japan? Now, that's that's one thing, I right? Abso- I absolutely promise you that um, I guided Japanese tourists from the centre of Glasgow to Celtic Park when Shinsuke Nakamura was there. I'm sure you did. And the second thing I'd say is that because Scotland's not a sovereign nation, we just get the scraps after England, and that doesn't help either. That's the other thing. Because Poland, all these other countries, they're all sovereign nations. We are, unfortunately, fortunately or, fortunately or unfortunately, part of the United Kingdom and that whatever that goes along with that so i think there's a little bit of that going on as well which is, explains why we get a raw end of the deal with the, the so we're going to be political force for good then ultimately on the scozzy football podcast um having said that we've got a couple of games coming up in the next few days nothing major Celtic have drawn 1-1 with uh, Midtjylland and uh, Rangers have got an interesting friendly. So these are the only games I think we should attempt to predict. (laughs) So Celtic against Midtjylland, 1-1 from the first round. And I'm sure we'll change the format as the season wears on. But do you think that they've got a chance? I think they've definitely got a chance. That that, that, um, I'm not 
got a thing with. And the, the other thing I was meant to say about that game is I don't know what Bartis was doing for that goal. What was the goalie doing, Richard? I don't know, but it, it was he like... He is rubbish. Oh, he's... The, the, yeah, I, 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 I've watched that free kick several times. I, I still... Yeah, he was, he's in the right position. He's doing all the right things. And in the last seconds, he pulls, puts his hands down and watches the ball sail right past his face. Anyway, not get bogged down on that. I think they can definitely do it. I think... Um, Another week of training. They've got a game against South Australia, game against West Ham on the weekend to sort of fine tune things. I'm going to say 2 1 over in Denmark. Can't see them keeping a clean sheet, but I reckon they've got two goals in them. They hit the crossbar last night, they hit the post. I think they've got it in them to score two goals. Jolly good. Well, I think Rangers will put their first team against Brighton and they'll smash them 5 0 on Saturday. Uh, and then Real Madrid, who are clearly going to be a much, much inferior opposition when you think about the the might of the English Premiership and how you know a team who almost won the Euros um, and, and playing against a kind of second tier European nation uh, with one of their fine clubs Real Madrid I reckon that Rangers will get beaten 4-0 on Sunday by Real Madrid's B team um, so I, 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 how do you feel about that? Oh look I, 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 pre-season friendlies are Preseason friendlies, like I, I, again. Oh, sitting on the fence. I'd rather sit in the fence. I, I honestly think that. Um, I hope that I hope that Hibs and Aberdeen get results. Um, on Friday morning, uh, they're both playing at the same time at two forty-five, Perth time. Um, Are you getting up for that? Uh, no, because and I'll talk about this now because this is this really annoys me is that all the rights for all the different football matches this season in Australia are with a million different carriers. So the A-League is now with Channel 10 and Paramount Plus of all things, which is a new streaming service that's been released. It basically has Star Trek on it, and that's about it. You've got... Star Trek and Aberdeen. <laughs> Star Trek and Aberdeen. You've got... Um, you've, uh, Optus still has the rights to the English Premier League uh, and the... Um, cup league cup and the, the championship and the j league and syria R, I believe then you've got bn sports that has the bundesliga the spfl and god knows a bunch of other things and now the champions league and the europa league are with stan sports who have taken over the rugby coverage last year and apparently by all accounts are doing a really good job with the rugby so i'm not dismissing the fact that they can't do football but you're talking about four or five different subscription services just to be able to keep tabs on all the football that's going on in the country people used to complain about foxtel and how you had to pay so much money and you got your sport but you got all the movies and other dross with it but now you're effectively doing the same thing by paying for five different streaming services to see your football if you're sort of like a connoisseur of all the different types of football that are on offer so very, very oh frustrating. God. So you're like, like watching all the football and a connoisseur in the same sentence. That is really quite scary. But I have to say though, remember back in the day that you would actually be able to pay and watch the team that you actually wanted to see. And then the other things were all peripheral background highlight nonsense. We are so privileged that most of it can be streamed live or being seen live. I'm not sure that it's actually necessary to be able to watch every, for example, Arbroath, Dundee, Ross County game. But at the same time, 
people do concentrate on the big games, and I think that they'll still be available and they'll still be widely available. And that's the big thing. I think I think we'll come to final thoughts, Richard, because we're time time is quickly running out. So what have you got for me? Ah, uh, this week just good to be back. Uh, really lovely to hear your voice, and really nice to be here, getting out of the Sydney lockdown and thinking about Scottish football because there's so many exciting things that are happening. Um, I'm really happy that Ange Postecoglou is involved because that means that I get to the Celtic highlights for free. Um, <laughs> but I'm also happy to see that um, Ben Segris has stayed with Dundee United because I actually expected him so so much to be um, snapped up by one of the old firm. I must admit, I'd say to my old man today that maybe they should uh, put some inquiries in. Um, my, my final thought was actually about the Euro um, 2020 Championships. Brilliant tournament. I think having fans back in made such a difference. I just thought the football was so much more enjoyable to watch, whether it be a half-full stadium or full stadium. It was brilliant. My overall overriding emotion for the pretty much the entire tournament was relief. Relief that Scotland didn't disgrace themselves. They put in a massive showing at Wembley. Unfortunately, just couldn't find a goal really from anywhere. Um, relief that Italy did the business in the final. Um, best team in the tournament. I, only thing is, I wish I'd put money on them at the start of the tournament because they were my tip. <laughs> but uh, that was probably how they won it and why they won it because I didn't put money on them. So uh, Forza Azuri and uh, it's coming Rome. Thanks, Richard. It's coming Rome. Great to speak, Anthony. Cheers, mate. No worries. Talk to you soon. Very soon. Bye.